0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bethlehem Church of Christ podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that today's message encourages and inspires you and helps you on your journey to discover and follow the will of God. The outline of this message, speaker, message title, and series can be found in the show notes or the details page. Be sure to check us out on Facebook or on our church website at Bethlehem505.com. And now, here is the message. Well, if uh, if you are a sports fan, uh, you know that uh, a lot of sports going on right now, Major League Baseball is, uh, is still underway, and that goes through uh, about the middle of October. Uh, the NFL has started its preseason games uh, about a week ago, and the first preseason game for my team, and I'm sorry, I'm a Steelers fan, sorry, Debbie, but... Uh, but my wife's a Seahawks fan since she grew up in Seattle, so she has a right to be a Seahawks fan. Well, the first game last week was the Seahawks and the Steelers, and I, I'm glad to say my team won that one as they normally do when they played the Seahawks, and, and a lot of other teams beat the Seahawks too. Um, but we'll not go there any further. She'll kick me with her other foot. That's how she broke the first one. No. Uh, the, the U.S. Open for tennis, the tennis U.S. Open, uh, is, uh, is just a week from tomorrow begins. Uh, NCAA college football games begin next Saturday. So if you're a big Ohio State fan or Xavier, UC, whatever it might be, football games for college start uh, next week. But did you know that the National Hockey League begins its preseason in about a month? Now, not too many people in my circle of friends are hockey fans. Now, my wife is a hockey nut, and now that Seattle has a hockey team, the, the Seattle Kraken, of all things, and speaking of cracking her bones, she's now an official Kraken. And, boy, she, and, and because they're way out on the, the West Coast, she's up at 10.30, 11 o'clock at night watching the games till about 1 or 1.30 in the morning uh, on her iPad, and, and uh, she loves watching her hockey. But uh, not too many folk in, in my circle of friends are, are hockey fans, But one of my best friends was Uh, Mike Hopkins, who some of you may have known, uh, passed away way too soon, just a few months ago. Uh, He was a hockey nut because he was great friends with Mike Babcock, who was the former head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. And through the years, Mike would take me and my son, Corey, and at times, Cindy would go along as well. We got a picture of her on the Miller High Life Beer Zamboni, and Mike was going to put that in the the Georgetown newspaper, and I had to talk him out of that. (laughs) But but Mike would always take us up to Detroit once or twice uh, a hockey season. And we would get to watch the Red Wings play. We'd get to sit in Coach Babcock's private seats. We'd get back into the locker room uh, after practice and things. Uh, we even got to attend the Red Wings private practice, a closed practice on the morning of the game. And we just had a ball going up to Detroit and going to the hockey games. And at the time that we were going, uh, my son Corey was about 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. And we'd be sitting there in the private practice in Joe Lewis Arena. And, uh, and Mike would tell Corey, he said, now, now go over there where the players come off the ice and head down the tunnel into the locker room and take your Sharpie marker. You always got to have a Sharpie marker when you go to a ball game, you know, or a hockey game. And Corey would go down there and, and there's these huge hockey players would come off the ice, these pro hockey players, well, there's this cute little kid, with a hat, a T-shirt, maybe a puck, and they'd all stop and they'd autograph all of his stuff. Some would give him uh, a stick or maybe one of the sticks they broke in practice. He'd come home with sticks. He's got a Red Wings hat that has Steve Iserman and all these autographs on it that I've told Corey, I said, you put that in a box, you lock it up, that's your retirement right there. That hat is worth something. Well, as cool as that was to see and for my son to experience, the key to him being able to interact with all those professional hockey players was he had to be in the right place. He had to position himself right in their path so he couldn't be missed. But friends, as Christians, we need to position ourselves right in God's path so he can bless us, so that he can use us. We've got to be in the right place for God to use us. Now, we see a lot of people in the Bible who did that. Right in the beginning of Scripture, in the book of Genesis, we find Adam and Eve walking with God in the cool of the day. They put themselves in God's presence. They positioned themselves right there with him and had this relationship with him. Uh, Enoch positioned himself for a relationship with God as he too put himself in the right place and he walked with God. And it then says that he was no more for God just took him. Uh, A woman named Hannah positioned herself in God's path. She spent a lot of time in the temple there in the Lord's presence praying for a son and when God saw her there in the temple... When he heard her constant prayers for a son, he did bless her. He opened her womb, gave her a son she named Samuel, and she dedicated him to the Lord. And then Samuel moved into the temple, lived with the high priest. And one night the Lord spoke to little Samuel because he was positioned right there where God could see him and use him. And the Lord spoke, And little Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then that young man grew up to be one of the greatest prophets of Israel. And it all started because he put himself right in God's path. Or King David, he did the same thing. Throughout the Psalms, we see how he positioned himself before God. Now, back in Old Testament times, the presence of God would dwell in the temple, in in the Holy of Holies. So David said in Psalm 27, 4, One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. David wanted to be close to the Lord, so he put himself there in the temple where God dwelt. Or how about Mary? Remember Mary, the sister of Martha? Martha's running around in the kitchen making supper for Jesus and the disciples, but Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him teach. And Jesus would tell Martha, man, you're worried about so many other things. Look at your sister. She has chosen the better thing. She's right here with me, learning from me. Or Luke 2 An 84-year-old woman named Anna was looking for the consolation of Israel, looking for the Messiah to come. So she spent day and night fasting and praying in the temple, positioning herself right where God was. And because she did that, she was blessed. As here came Mary and Joseph with this little baby to be dedicated to the Lord. Or in Luke chapter 18, we read about a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. He's on the side of the road one day. He's, he's blind. He's just begging for food, whatever scraps they might give him. And all of a sudden, he hears a commotion. He's going, what? what's going on? And somebody said, oh, shut up, Bartimaeus. Jesus is, is in town. And at that, Bartimaeus started to shout, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. And can't you just see him trying to find Jesus? Well, Jesus stopped, ended up giving him his sight, all because Bartimaeus put himself in God's path. All all through Scripture, we see people who positioned themselves right where God was so that God could bless them or that God could use them. And what I'd like for us to do for a few minutes this morning is look at one fella in particular, a little more detail of, of his story. And we know this guy as a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Now, who am I talking about? Zacchaeus, Luke chapter 19. He was another man who put himself in the path of Jesus. So let's look at Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 1, and see what we can find. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now back in that day, the Romans governed the nation of Israel, and they imposed heavy taxes on the people, and then those Romans would hire Jewish men to collect those taxes. And the tax collectors could gather a whole lot more tax than what Rome even asked for so they could just keep the leftovers. And being the chief tax collector, it says, Zacchaeus would have been extremely wealthy. But he was also extremely hated by all the other Jews, said he was a traitor. But he was also a Jew. So Zacchaeus... He would have known the prophecies about the Messiah. And one day, word came that Jesus is passing through town. And verse number three simply says, he wanted to see who Jesus was. Now, he had probably heard some stories about this guy. Jesus was the talk of the town back then, everywhere he went. Zacchaeus had probably heard, man, this guy can work miracles. Or this man might be the Messiah. Maybe Zacchaeus thought, well, maybe he's just some sideshow magician. But whatever he had heard, it says there in verse 3, Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. But old Zacchaeus had a problem. Look at the rest of verse 3. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So yeah, the little children's song is correct. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. And because he was such a little fella, he could not see Jesus because of all the people in front of him. Which teaches us our first thought here this morning. And that is, to position ourselves in God's path, we need to remove the obstacles. We need to get rid of the things or the people that are keeping us from seeing Jesus. Pretty simple. Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was, but to do that, he had to get away from all these people. let me ask you, friends, do you ever feel that you're not where you need to be spiritually? Maybe you've been a Christian for years, but you just feel, man, I'm just not very close to the Lord anymore. Well, if you feel that way, is it because something is in the way? Something is keeping you from being close to the Lord, having that relationship with the Lord? Maybe it's busyness. We're just busy, aren't we? Or maybe it's apathy. I don't care. Maybe it's a bad habit you don't want to give up. Maybe it's a worldly desire that has become more important to you than the Lord. If you feel that you're not seeing Jesus clearly, is there an obstacle in your way? Maybe it's a person or a group of people. Maybe you have some friends that you hang out with and spend time with that are keeping you from living a faithful Christian life, pulling you away from Jesus. Maybe there's coworkers, neighbors, maybe even some family members who are keeping you from really deepening your relationship with the Lord. Maybe what some of us need to do is what Zacchaeus did and get away from certain people, or certain things, so that we can see Jesus better. Now, I know that's not easy. But putting the Lord first in our lives isn't always easy. And what Zacchaeus did next wasn't easy either. Let's go to verse 4. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Now, we, we got to picture this, all right? We have this chief tax collector, this bigwig in the community, this wealthy businessman. Most likely, he's decked out in his fancy robes. Maybe he had just had his nails done. I don't know if they did that back then or not. But, but he does a couple of things which seem really out of character for a guy like that and maybe even out of his comfort zone. The first thing was, he ran. Now, in Jewish culture back then, it was not proper etiquette for a grown man to run in public outside of a sporting event. But other than that, you did not run. You walked in a dignified way. But he ran. He didn't care. The second thing he did, he climbed a tree. Now, when was the last time you climbed a tree? Now, she couldn't do it now with a big boot on her foot, but growing up in Seattle, when Cindy was young, she loved climbing trees. But it's been a long time since she climbed one. It's been a long time since I ever climbed it. If I had to climb a tree, you'd have to call 911 on me now, probably. But the people around Zacchaeus at that point were probably stunned to see this wealthy businessman in his flowing robes running and climbing a tree. But we learned something from that, secondly, this morning. If we want to put ourselves in God's path, then we need to reach for something higher. Zacchaeus reached for a higher branch And then another higher branch, and then another higher branch. He climbed and he climbed. He got out of his comfort zone. He did whatever he needed to do because he wanted to see Jesus. Well, what's that look like for us today? Well, it could be that we need to set our spiritual sights a little higher. Maybe we need to get out of our comfort zones, so God can bless us. That God can use us in some way. You know, sometimes we get spiritually lazy, don't we? Yeah, we come to church on Sunday, but it's about it. We can get apathetic about church. We can get apathetic about our faith. Yeah, yeah, I preach. I go to church on Sundays, but I don't really get too excited about things and. I really don't expect God to do anything amazing in my life anyway. It it is what it is. Man, you're, you're already digging yourself in a hole. Don't allow your relationship with the Lord to fall into a rut. Expect something good to happen. Now, I'm not talking health and wealth gospel, but expect God to show up. Expect Him to answer your prayers. Man, when you wake up in the morning, don't, well, there's another lousy day ahead of me. You know, it's not raining now, but it better will be, you know. Man, what, that's not how a Christian ought to wake up. And I, I wake up that way a lot of times. But a Christian ought to wake up and, hey, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. God, I love that there's a, there's a verse in the Psalms where David says, in the morning, I order up my prayer, and through the day, I see how God will answer. I was pictured like, like going to a restaurant, and the waitress comes, or the server, I should say. The server comes, and you give your order, then they take it, and then you anxiously wait for that big old bacon cheeseburger to show up. that's what David was saying there in the Psalms. Man, when I wake up, Lord, man, I'm expecting great things from you today. Use me in some way. And we do that by, by raising our expectations, by climbing higher, reaching for something more. Now, what's that look like? Well, it could be something as simple as going to a Sunday school class. Maybe go into a Bible study or a small group here at the church. You can dig deeper into the Word of God and into your relationship with the Lord by getting involved like that. And you're like, eh, that's, that's not my thing. But that's the whole point. Probably wasn't Zacchaeus' thing to go running around climbing trees. But he did it because he wanted to see Jesus. If you aren't already, get involved in some type of ministry here at the church. Or find a mission work to get involved in. Boy, if nothing else, come up to Restoration Acres and we'll we'll push you to work. We always got something we need help with up there. Because when you get involved in a mission or some kind of service work, you're putting yourself in that path where God sees you and where God can use you and bless you. Man, there's all sorts of sycamore trees out there that we can be climbing, friends, if we're willing to reach up a little higher in our walk with God. Well, Zacchaeus was willing. So let's look what happened. Let's go to verse number 5. It says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times The amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Now the third way that Zacchaeus positioned himself in God's path was by repenting of his sin. Jesus told Zacchaeus, get out of that tree. Come on down here. I want to go to your house. Okay, he scrambles down, takes him home. And right there and then is where Zacchaeus stood up and expressed repentance over his greed and his dishonesty. Told Jesus, hey, I'll give half of what I have to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody... And I bet Jesus went, but if you've cheated anybody, you know you've cheated everybody. He said, well, yeah, I'll pay him back four times over. Somebody has defined repentance as a godly sorrow that leads to change. We see that with Zacchaeus. He was sorry for the wrongs he had done, and he was willing to change and do what was right. Now, as we think about putting ourself in God's path, this issue of repentance is crucial. If we want God to bless us, if we want God to use us, then we have to make sure that we are not sinning willfully. Now, we're going to stumble, we're going to fall into sin, But as my old Uncle George always said, there's a difference between falling into sin and laying down in it. If we want a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, then we have to be living godly, righteous lives. And I think it's interesting that the name Zacchaeus, you know what it means? It means pure. So for the first time in probably a long time, Zacchaeus was living up to his name as he repented of his sins. When I was a youth minister many, many years ago down in Virginia, a teenage girl came into Sunday school. She was crying. She was all upset about her boyfriend. I said, well, what's going on? She said, oh, my boyfriend's always pressuring me to have sex. I said, well, where are you when he's pressuring you? In the backseat of his car. You know, what's the simple advice that you would have given that girl like I gave her? Get out of the backseat, right? Common sense. But that's just one of many examples of crazy people that I've met over the years. Crazy Christian people. Because somebody else asked, I just don't feel close to God. Well, you're watching internet porn every night. I just don't know what God wants me to be doing with my life. Well, how about if you get off Facebook and start getting into the good book and finding out where he wants you to go, what he wants you to do. Why won't God bless my finances? Well, stop going to the boat down there in Lawrenceburg and buying all them lottery tickets on the way home from work. And if you start tithing and using your money like God wants you to, well, maybe he will bless your finances. Oh, my kid came home drunk the other night. I just don't understand. Well, maybe it has something to do with the DUI that you got six months ago. You see, God's not going to bless us if we're not living godly lives. How many times does God use the word if? Little word, I-F, if. Throughout Scripture, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you put away your idols, if you no longer go astray, I will bless you, God says. He's a covenant-making God. If you do this, then I will do this. Well, Zacchaeus repented, started doing what was right. And what did Jesus say? Salvation has come to this house pretty simple if you want god's blessing to come to your house if you want god to save you then start living right if if you're not so what do we see well in order to see who jesus was zacchaeus removed the obstacles he reached for something higher And he repented of his sins. He got right with the Lord. And you know what? That was 2,000 years ago. But those three things will work the same for us today as they did for him. If you feel that you are not in a right place with God, then maybe you need to get away from the people or the things that are keeping you away from God. Maybe you need to raise your spiritual expectations and try something new. And maybe you need to repent of some sin in your life and start living the way God wants you to. The neat thing we see in this story is that Jesus wanted to have a relationship with Zacchaeus. It was Jesus' idea to go to Zacchaeus' house. And in that culture, spending time in someone's home was a sign of intimacy, friendship. So this teaches us that the Lord wants to have an intimate, personal relationship with us. Now don't just, yeah, yeah, I've heard heard Tom say that, I've heard preachers say that. Don't shrug that off. What if Zacchaeus had shrugged that off? What if he sat in his tax office and someone said, hey, Zacchaeus, that Jesus guy is coming to town. Want to go check him out? Nah, eh, I heard about that guy. I'm busy. I'm just going to stay here and get some work done. If he had said that, if he had just stayed in his office, he would have missed Jesus. He would have missed out on being saved. He would have missed out on his whole life being changed, even for eternity. So my simple challenge to each of us here this morning is don't miss out on Jesus. Position yourself right there in God's path. And when he sees you living a holy life, wanting to be used, saying, yes, God, I, I I want to go deeper in my relationship. I want to be more active in kingdom service. Well, then God is going, okay, if you mean it, then give me the Sharpie marker. I'm going to write my name on you. And we're going to go do some amazing things together. You know, as... As important as this is for each of us individually, it's also important for the Bethlehem Church of Christ. Because every church needs to take a look at themselves and see if they're helping people see who Jesus is. And if a church is not helping people see Jesus then they need to do what Zacchaeus did. They need to get rid of a few things. I hate to say, you might even need to get rid of some people. That's a whole different sermon. (laughs) And a church can even reach higher and try something new and get out of the box. And a church at times may even need to remove any sinful attitudes Or old traditions that are getting in the way of people truly seeing Jesus. And isn't that what it's all about? Helping people see Jesus. As long as there are people in Adams County who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then there is work for the Bethlehem Church of Christ to do. And that's not just Tom and the elders and the deacons and some teachers church is all of you what can you do to help people see Jesus I like where it says that Zacchaeus welcomed Jesus says he came down out of that sycamore fig tree and welcomed Jesus wouldn't it be wonderful for each one of us and for this entire congregation to welcome Jesus with open arms. Because when we do that, when when we put ourselves in His path, we're saying, all right, Jesus, we want to do what You want us to do. We want to live the way You want us to live. We want You to bless us. We want You to use us. And then as we share our faith in the community, with the people around us, day by day, as this church continues to shine brightly for the Lord, then people who want to see who Jesus is will hopefully say, hey, I want to welcome Jesus into my life. Now maybe there's somebody here that needs to do that today, have the worship team come on up. Maybe there's someone here this morning who needs to welcome Jesus into their life. If you're not a Christian, then we invite you to take the steps of faith that the Bible says that we need to take in order to become a Christian. talks about faith in Jesus Christ, that yes, he is the Son of God who left heaven, came to earth, lived a perfect life, but died on a horrible cross, was buried but rose again, and now sits at the right hand of God. We believe that in faith. But upon hearing all that, like Zacchaeus, we repent. We said, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to live a whole new way. And I'm going to stand up and say, yes, I do believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I want to make him my Lord and my Savior. But then we're also commanded to be immersed, to be baptized for the grace of God, forgives our sins, fills us with the Holy Spirit, and puts us on a new path as a brand new creation. If somebody comes forward today to be baptized, we'll baptize you. Dave said, uh, if we have a baptism, who's baptizing? I go, well, I'll do it. You can go. We'll find somebody to do it, you know. Kind of like the unit. Hey, there's water. What keeps me from being baptized? Well, nothing. The only thing keeping you from being baptized today is you and your refusal to to do it so if you're ready to be baptized say hey i want to take that step of faith i want salvation to come to my house just like jesus said it would come to zacchaeus now he didn't need to be baptized he was on the other side of the cross he was on that early side but if you want salvation to come into your life then just take these simple steps of faith we'll get you baptized the important thing is us saying hey I want to be where God wants me to be, and I want to be doing what God wants me to be doing. So let's stand together. The worship team is going to lead us in a song entitled, uh, Come Home Running." And if you have a decision to make of any type, uh, I know I'll be down front, Dave will be down front as well, and uh, we'll we'll encourage you in the Lord in any way we can. So let's sing. Thank you for listening to the Bethlehem Church of Christ podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and think others can benefit from it, we encourage you to share it on social media, subscribe to our podcast, or leave us a rating and review on the podcast platform you use. You can also connect with us online at Bethlehem505.org or find us on Facebook. Please join us next time as we each seek to understand God's Word and follow His Son, Jesus Christ.